Hey, you guys, welcome back to the Obsessed Podcast. It's Nick, Gia, and Gareth. Today, we're going to be talking about the 2009 film by Lee Daniels, Precious, based on the book Pushed by Sapphire. Uh, We're just going to have to put a huge trigger warning at the beginning of this episode. Today, we're going to be talking about abuse of several kinds, physical, verbal, sexual. Um, There's several heavy topics this film covers. Yeah, there's just a, this is a deep film, a deep episode, and it's not for everybody. So we understand if you need to click off, but this is for entertainment and educational purposes only. And we are just wanting to put out a trigger warning just in case. So if you have not seen the film or if you are triggered by these subjects, we just wanted to let you know. So, so Precious, how do we feel about it? Precious was released on November 6, 2009 to a limited showing. And then it was released uh, internationally on November 20th, 2009. Like Gia said earlier, it's based off the book Pushed by Sapphire. It's directed by Lee Daniels. Jerry Fletcher is the screenwriter. Gabri Sidibe plays Precious, also known as Clarice Jones. Monique plays Precious's mom, Mary Johnston. Paula Patton as Miss Blue Rain, Precious's alternative school teacher. Sherry Shepard plays the assistant to Miss Rain. Lenny Kravitz as Nurse John McFadden. And the waitress in the movie is Sapphire. And of course, Mariah Carey plays Miss Wise, Precious's social worker who supports her during her struggles. Yeah, we got an all-star cast with this movie, even though it's super low-key at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Precious received six nominations at the 82nd Academy Awards, including Best Picture, Best Director for Lee Daniels, and Best Actress for Sidibe. Monique won the award for Best Supporting Actress, while Jeffrey Fletcher won for Best Adapted Screenplay, becoming the first African-American to win an a screenplay award at the Oscars. Wow. Yeah, I remember I watched the Oscars that year and I saw Monique win. And I remember specifically, she had the same flowers in her hair that I believe Hattie McDaniel, or the first African-American woman who won an Oscar, she had the same flowers in her hair that night. I remember I used to be a huge Oscars girl back in the day when they actually mattered, when all the award shows were a thing. Me and my family, we would watch all the award shows. And I remember seeing Precious that year. And I remember being very excited about it. I remember it being a really big deal as well that Monique won that Oscar. It was a huge deal. I kind of remember like with all the Mariah Carey-ness of it, like, you know, we, we had an album as well around the time. And I feel like it was... It wasn't actually confirmed that it was going to go for a Mariah Carey supported actress thing, but I feel like that there was some kind of like expectation, probably just amongst the family, that she was going to win something for this. And I, don't I do that... remember her getting really praised for the role mm. because this was coming off of like, this was, she did the movie Tennessee before she did this movie. And yeah. that's how Lee Daniels brought her into the movie. But it was a really big deal, and she got a lot of praise for her acting abilities in Precious. So it was a good positive for Mariah at the time. Yes, especially comparing her performances in Glitter versus this uh, role as Miss Weiss. Like, I feel like this was her most popular film role since Glitter. You know what I mean? I feel like, like this yeah, was this a was... breakthrough. 
Yeah, this was her first really positive feedback for a movie. And a good fact about this is that Mariah was a last minute addition because Helen Mirren was supposed to play Miss Wise in the movie, but backed out in the last minute. So Lee Daniels called on Mariah and brought her on. And I think the fact is as well with this movie, I know we've only seen her in a couple of other movie roles at this at this point, but if you look at the the sort of like stylization of how her characters have been in those movies before Precious, it's almost kind of like it's only a slight shift from a variation of a Mariah Carey we've seen anyway. Like even in The Bachelor, Glitter definitely, and Tennessee was probably a bit more of a like laid back Mariah moment, like I don't know TV appearance but not performance kind of moment so this was a complete contrast to what we were expecting of Mariah Carey to be and apparently I can't remember if it was Sapphire or Helen Mirren I think it was Sapphire when they watched the movie they were like oh I guess she didn't make the movie then and they didn't realize that it was Mariah Carey playing the role yeah I actually uh watched this with one of my exes Oh, like a couple years ago and he couldn't tell that it was her and uh she said that she looked really white and I also just wanted to say that this role is one of the first times I remember Mariah's name being a big thing was this after Obsessed came out this had this was right this was uh two months after the memoirs album was released. It was kind of around Christmas time because I remember going to see the movie with my mom and I I remember I drank a lot of wine. So yeah, yeah I remember I was... what the first time I watched this movie, it was at the Great Wolf Lodge and I was with my family on like a vacation. And it was like, the it was almost like the first deep movie we all watched together, really. And I was young and I remember I think we watched it because her name was in it because I remember I was obsessed with the single obsessed that was one of the second singles I bought from Mariah so yeah yeah I just remember that I don't know why I I, seriously I don't know why I didn't get more into Mariah when I was younger but I remember watching the movie and remembering her role as Miss Weiss like literally you guys like but you allowed him to hurt her like that is literally I've had that in my mind since I was a kid like I remember this movie when I was young this movie this was like one of the first deep movies that I ever watched right I think at the time when it came out I was I finished university I was studying film and whatnot so we'd watched loads of like movies from other countries independent movies loads of kind of like gritty low budget movies that kind of looked very similar to how this looks even though it wasn't really a low budget movie it cost like 10 million dollars to make so when this came out it was obviously both of my worlds coming together Mariah and then what I'd been studying so I was really interested to see this and I didn't really see it in the cinema over here. I don't think it... I might be wrong. If any anyone knows or if any English lambs are screaming at their phones right now, yeah, I went to see it at the cinema, then please let us know. But, like, I don't remember it being a thing at the cinema or being advertised at the cinema. It just sort of appeared later on on DVD. It was a really big deal here. I saw it in the theatres because I was counting the days to see it. I saw it the day it was released. So it was it was a pretty big deal here in the theaters. 
Was it at big theaters or was it at like smaller venues? At big theaters, like oh. AMC and those were like. The really- movie was big, even though like it wasn't Mariah's name bringing people to that movie for sure. But yeah. even though yeah. like that wasn't the case, her role in it was appreciated and it was it was good. I feel like she did what she like needed to do absolutely for her role. Like, and it's like a very small role. It's, it's the smallest role out of any of them, in my opinion. So the fact that I was so young and I came there for Mariah's pool, but also I came there because I knew I heard about that movie. That movie was going around. It was a very big thing. And I, I think I also knew who Monique was as well. Yeah, I, I obviously knew who Lenny Kravitz was, Monique. Kind of knew about Paula Patton because of the whole Robin thick. Didn't really know Gabrielle Sibide. I think this was her f- very first role, right? Yes, this was her <laughs> debut. Yeah, yeah, it was. And I, I don't know how old she is. I think I feel like she's a little bit younger than me. So she's probably like what early to mid thirties. So back then she would have been like hella young. So this is quite an important role to play, but quite a depressing role to play she would have had to have really dug deep for this because when you see her on tv shows or anything where she's been interviewed or she's representing herself as gabaret sidibe and not the role she's playing she seems very happy and a positive person even when you watched her in american horror story she seemed quite like more of a lighter character than what she's playing here here she's proper like deeply depressed like well she's also like an abused yeah terrible she's in a terrible situation here but i i just wanted to say because you brought it up i fucking loved her character on american horror story coven (laughs) i loved her yeah she was it she was doing everything for me yeah and i think it really does show what anybody who's followed her work at all And it does show what a great actress she is. And I'm surprised she's not huge, you know, like more famous than what she is. She's decently big here. I haven't heard a lot from her. Well, she was like during the 2010, she was really big here. I haven't heard much from her recently, though. I feel like and we are and we're not dumb. You guys, we know Hollywood is not built for women like her. So let's just be real. Like the, the thing is though, yeah, that's a good point. But then around the time, like in those like two thousands, uh, and that's I uh, sorry, I didn't mean to say that like so rudely. Sorry, I just I meant like you guys know what I mean, right? Yeah, like no, 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 it's not because it's they, a terrible thing, but it's true. It's accurate, and I hope I wish it was different. But that's kind of the it's the way it is right now, and I can't do anything about it. That's kind of just what I meant. Sorry, I feel like it's been the way the way for like forever like it's good that the people like her are getting like these these roles and stuff and then there's people like rebel wilson and melissa mccarthy and then you know they've kind of slimmed down a little bit and they seem to be all like taking over all the headlines and whatnot but then where's gabaret sidibe now like she had some really good roles in the 2010s but i feel like she's kind of she's kind of had a, a nice sort of like start off but she's kind of gone in the same way as america ferrera from ugly betty it's kind of just been like playing a, a, something that's kind of slightly left field although for 
Gabriel Sidibe, I think it was far more left field than America Fer- Ferrero, whatever her name is. And it feels like it's just sort of like gone up a little bit. And it's just like, ah, oh, yeah, she can do no wrong. And then all of a sudden, it's just sort of like dived off and got a bit quiet. I agree. Exactly. I used to love America Ferrera and Ugly Betty and Gabriel Sidibe too. But yeah, I don't know. I haven't, maybe she's doing her own thing and it's just uh, like smaller projects or whatever. Maybe. But I think we should... I think we should get into the plot or like what this movie is about. This movie takes place in Harlem in 1987. It starts off by finding out that Precious is pregnant again by her father. There is an internal struggle between Precious and her mother over Precious wanting to better herself during the movie. Precious's mom only looks at her and her daughter as a form of monetary gain and public assistance. So if Precious betters herself, she will lose that money. From there, the principal, her principal, I thought this was really weird in the movie because she got suspended. I don't know if you guys thought this was weird, but she got suspended. I did. For being pregnant. pregnant. Yeah. But again, this movie takes place in 1987. I don't know how it was back then, but Precious is just a 16-year-old girl in this movie. Precious's principal suspends her for being pregnant and then shows up at her Harlem apartment, which starts the plot of the movie. She gives precious information about an alternative school. This triggers her mom and she attacks precious and belittles her. Okay. Can we get into that? Cause this is the first r- real big part. I remember she fucking comes home and her, her mom is like, did you get the cigarettes? And she's like, they didn't have that kind that you get or whatever. And then the lady calls the phone. And then is it when she hangs up? Her mom, like, she hits her with something hard. Or there's several times when she's, like, about to hit her with something that's really hard. And I'm like, you could have just killed her. But, like, she hits her with, like, a pan or, like, a knife or something. And it knocks her out. The frying pan. This was after the principal left, though. What I gathered from the movie is that her mom, Monique, in the movie, is very jealous of Precious for her man giving Precious kids. So she just yeah, really she says things Precious like for that. Yeah, she says things like he gave you more kids than he gave me, or some stuff like that, and yeah. like you stole him from me, and things of that nature but precious didn't even in my opinion know what was going on until she started going to her alternative school and learning how to read and then she learns how to use bigger words and when she learns how to fight back she's like no your husband raped me like he did these things to me and yeah there's a lot of gaslighting in this movie from precious's mom towards precious precious's mom is literally convincing her that she's dumb, worthless, and a manipulative way to force her to really take care of her and to collect money from welfare. Yeah, that touches his role in the whole movie for Monique. As if she owes her something, isn't it? It's... It's, it's, it's like she's blaming her for that. Well, she is blaming her for that. It's not like that. And Precious is Precious is completely oblivious to the fact that it was like a bad thing. She's mentally manipulated in a way that she believes that everything that is happening to her is normal. And she says things that kind of Mariah said in her book that was like, 
kind of along the lines of like, I wish I was dead, yet I'm not going to kill myself sort of thing. You know, she like she doesn't understand, like she knows her life is supposed to be better than this, but she doesn't know what she can do or how she's supposed to manifest change until she gets knocked out by her mother and then her mother throws water on her to wake her up. And she's she says she says a lot of random shit. And I was just like, what is she even saying? But she was like, I ain't going to say that no more. And then the next scene happens. Well, Precious goes to the alternative school. Precious has like this kind of awakening. There's there's scenes in the movie that anytime something really bad is happening to Precious, she goes off into this like fantasy world to just kind of block everything out. Oh, yeah. And that's what happened when she hit her over the head after the teacher. Yeah. Yeah. And after she was raped by her father. And um, there were several there were like three or four times in the movie where that happened. Yeah, there were several times in the movie when it it was kind of like jump flashbacks, but also like a PTSD kind of like tunnel of like flashbacks, yet also imagining a better future. So it was like a dissociative coping mechanism. Yeah, basically. But once Precious finds out that she's pregnant with her second child, it seems like she had this like epiphany that she wanted a better future. And the principal coming to her home and giving her information about each one teach one kind of is like a light bulb moment for her. Her principal says that she is one of the best math students or the teacher said that she was one of the best math students as well. So that's where the movie like really starts picking up because Precious goes to each one teach one the alternative school and starts to better herself. You can tell that she's reluctant about it and she feels stupid because that's all she knows is her mother telling her that she's stupid and worthless. But she finds out by going to this school that she's more than that. I feel like throughout the whole movie, especially, but like she, it's as, she sort of has this like tough exterior and it's probably probably is from her mother as well as like the surroundings that she's been brought up in and the life, mainly the life she's been forced to lead as well from both of her parents. It just, it's as if she thinks no one will help. I feel like this is an, um, a constant thing throughout probably the first half to three quarters of the movie where, oh yeah, well, no one's going to help. So I just may as well carry on down this road. And it's, it's almost as if it's like dismissive of any hand that, um, is dealt in her favour until she does get to the school. And then you sort of slowly start to see that wane out. You do see a little bit at the at the desk when they can't find her grades. I can't remember the quote now, what she says, but she's just sort of like, they say, oh, if you've not got your papers, I can't do anything about it. And then she just sort of shrugs it off and says something really dismissive. And then they manage she, what she says then leads Sherry Shepard's character to find who this person is. She's like, oh, actually, this came in either this morning or yesterday. And then that's really when it slowly starts to open up for her. Also, something you said in there, um, like, I forget where it came from, but it reminded me that before she goes to school, I think that she, she's, she looks through her photo book and imagines her mother as still being a loving caring individual like 
like before she turned abusive or something or like her dream of what she wishes she would be and it's a dream is it like in the dream mother or something but it's like an old photo. but there's also photos of it so it makes yeah. me kind of wonder because the part with christmas there's those photos and i just that's the part that gets me the most those flashbacks are of those are a fantasy world of what she wants her future to be because there is a part in the movie where that whole fantasy world fades away Gareth, you kind of mentioned it in the beginning, but she, they're kind of like, um, who are you? We don't know you're supposed to be here. Then she's like, I'm only here because the, she says the principal's name told me I'm supposed to be here. And then she's like, okay, we got the papers. And then she almost doesn't go in to class the first day. The teacher is kind of like, are you coming? And then she just like kind of sits there. She's like nervous, obviously. And then blue rain starts walking away and she's like i can honestly like see what she's thinking she's like i can't make this person do it if they don't want to pretty much sort of vibe but then she like goes back for one more little push like come on and then this door closes in 20 seconds and then precious makes the decision to go to class for the first and that's day. like that's a really important part in the movie because if you notice that when she's going into the class it kind of lights up like heavenly so right when she walks through the door is, I think that's the aha moment of her life is changing now and things are looking up. Yeah, that was a moment I noticed too, because it's almost like a split screen, like follow the teacher into the light moment. Yeah. Okay. So she goes into the classroom and then like Garrett said, it's like a fun cast of characters. So we should get into them. I can't remember every single one, but it sort of goes around as they're introducing themselves. They introduce the, like their name, why they're here, and I think their favorite color. And there's one in particular character who will always, I think, remain my favorite. The one who says that her favorite color is fluorescent beige. Yeah, she's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I love her too, yeah. <laughs> and just, I know that this movie is heavy, but there's a lot of really, they try to keep it light. To, yeah. I think to the attention, but there is a lot of really funny moments in this movie. But they do it without um, making the tone feel up and down and weird, like the emotions album. Yeah, it's not. It's yeah, it's not too out of place. It does feel very realistic when you've got all the sort of like dismal element of it, and then there's sort of like people's personalities in there because, of course, you know, people can be dealt a shit hand in life, but still be positive, and people. Or, you know, they can feel like they dealt with shit happened in life and feel positive. And it could be the other way around as well. You could have like a really, it could look like you've got a really nice life, but you could feel like quite depressed and quite down or whatever. So I do feel that um, it's very relatable, even though I've not lived that kind of a life. I do feel it's relatable to see these people that have the high spirits and have like a, a positive outlook, even if they're not right there now, they still, from a, a future perspective, it's I, I find that quite relatable. Yeah, there's not really much to say during this. There's like this huge montage of Precious sitting in the middle of the room. And you, it's just kind of like a time lapse. And it goes through really important parts in history. And I think that's supposed to symbolize all the knowledge that she's learning. Yeah. And then yeah, everything leads... that she's learning. But oh, you, you guys skipped the part where she gets into the fight with the girl. She's like learning her letters. <laughs> And then the mean bitch 
uh, with the wavy hair is like F for fat. And then, and then, <laughs> and then Precious, like, she doesn't react at all at first. And then she like, I don't know if she like knocks her head into the the wall or or she's like not. It looks like she's about to like knock her head into something, but she just like smacks her, and it's so funny. And then she starts to fight, but then Blue Rain kicks the the girl who was calling her names out, which I I agreed with. I was like, you know what, this girl's been through enough. And then there's also the moments we for I feel like we've glossed over where it shows Precious kind of tiptoes a line of being almost abusive to other people like going down the path of her mother versus like going down a different path as well because there's that other little girl who's like always trying to play with her and she's like kind of rude to her like at a moment she like hits her and yeah there's just there's little things little nuances I didn't notice when I first saw this movie versus when I watched yesterday but that little girl symbolizes a lot and you see that at the end of the movie with that Yeah. Yeah, exactly. This all leads up to the montage of her sitting in the middle of the room and then giving her images of important parts in history. And it's supposed to symbolize her learning things. And then up to that part, it goes into Precious having her second kid. Oh my gosh, it happens rather quickly. I forgot because then there's all of the stuff that happens because she has a kid. Okay, yeah. So she she's in the middle of like almost presenting or something and then I feel like her water breaks like in the front of the classroom or something and then it it shoots to her screaming in the bed and then Lenny Kravitz is like stop screaming and then she (laughs) screams anyway and then she has a baby and all of her friends from school are in the room with her and they're flirting with Lenny Kravitz and trying to say like you guys got McDonald's while he eats his fruit cup and he's like no, we don't got McDonald's here. That's not healthy. And I was like, yeah, fair enough. And then, um, yeah, it was just basically them flirting with Lenny Kravitz's character and making fun of him for being a nurse, a male nurse. I mean, who wouldn't flirt with Lenny Kravitz's character, let's be honest? Just me? <laughs> <laughs> no, I would. Have you seen his nudes? They're insane. No. <laughs> I need to he, see them. He's really gifted. He has a Prince Albert, too. Does he? Is, yes, he does. There's this photo of Lenny Kravitz when he was performing at some show, and he bent down, and his crotch split, and his dick just fell out. <laughs> I don't know how I'd feel based on that description if it actually happened. <laughs> it's kind of like Justin Bieber's nudes leaking. It wasn't really a bad look for him. <laughs> I've not seen Justin Bieber's news. Oh, I was really excited when that happened, actually. I was ready for that. That helped his career. Like, if he ever wants wants a porn career, he is set. (laughs) Really? Well, I wouldn't have thought that. I mean, it wasn't like that, but it was was nice. (laughs) Yeah, he's he's gifted. Okay, anyway. (laughs) Sorry, distracted there for a moment. (laughs) Okay, so she has the baby... Okay, and this is where she goes and visits her mom, and all the everything just kind of falls apart, and her mom kicks her out. So, oh my god, that scene! She doesn't really kick her out. I think she walks. She just leaves. So she has her baby, and then like two days later, she goes back to her mom's house, and like you guys said, 
hell fucking breaks loose. The whole time I'm like, no, Precious, what are you thinking? But her mom is like, can I hold him? And I'm like, uh, no, the fuck you cannot. <laughs> this is what it might is. <laughs> this is like, the scene. This is the scene that won Monique the Oscar because it is like when you're watching that scene and she No, it's not. Christ, no, this isn't the scene that won her the Oscar. It is the scene. To me. No, it it's is. not. But to no, me I saw is. the scene. The scene that they played at the Oscars was not the scene. I remember the scene. The scene is. Who was gonna love me? Who was gonna make me feel good? That's the scene. <laughs> we'll but there, this part, okay. So, Precious hands the baby over to her mom, and which is talking, no. I was screaming yeah. no the whole time. Yeah. But they're talking back and forth, and Monique is instigating with her. But there is this uncomfortable scene where she's holding the baby and she has a cigarette in her hand and all you all i kept thinking was is she gonna burn that baby same with the cigarette me too i can't remember what there wasn't really anything but precious turns her back and monique gets up and throws the baby and on the fucking floor on the floor and then attacks precious and then her she throws the baby in a chair i think yeah like on the chair the head no i swear i swear it was on the floor it was on i can't remember no 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 it was on a chair it was on a chair and the baby but she tossed either way either way and then she attacks precious and then her and precious are going at it and precious throws her up against the wall or something and yeah. she falls down. But this she is like grabs- also the first time Precious like really actually fights back. Like there's another yeah. time when she uh like kicks her like sa- her uh slipper down the stair to like show like bitch I'm not like worried this time. But this is the first time like no bitch I'm gonna fight back. Like this is not happening today. And then also this escalates towards like out of the apartment and down the stairs while a fucking montage starts and you realize today's fucking christmas day and like you literally like i didn't know that wait right like they don't set it up like you know that it's christmas before that moment right like right. They set, no, yeah they set it up to where it's like this huge brawl breaks out and the mom like throws a fucking tv down the stairs and almost fucking kills her daughter and her fucking baby and then like old photos of her and precious as a baby are showing and it's literally a gospel choir singing about how it's christmas and this is like the part when i break down every time of the movie because it's just like it's too much for me like that is the moment when i like have to tap out and like go get some water and pause the movie it's it's a huge intense moment and when you think about how dark the movie is already going when you think about it because i said it was quite relatable in certain parts like not necessarily to like my life personally but certain like moments in my life where i've reacted to things or accepted things or confronted situations so if you think about how dark the movie is as well like she's escaping this is like a huge moment in the movie and she's getting out and when she gets to the bottom of the stairs and she falls down those last what like 
that little flight of like six steps or something and she falls with the baby and then she's just sat there because she sees some blood um we don't quite know where the blood's come from we think it's from the baby and then all of a sudden the tv drops now in a realistic moment you'd be just emotionally exhausted i've got out i've got the baby is everyone okay are we both okay and for a tv to drop all in like a split second pretty much this is if this was real this would be really good reacting so it's a really powerful moment when she manages to get the fuck out the way of this tv falling from her own mother uh, and it's not no it's not no like flat screen either this is like no. a fucking big heavy like, like a real 80s. 1980s TV. Yeah. There's a lot of good imagery in this this moment too because when Precious is going up the stairs to uh to go see her mom before this fight breaks out, they they there's a really good shot where it's showing that she's going up all these flights of stairs. So it sets up the TV throwing off those flights of stairs. And it really it's re- it's a really effective full shot for me at least it builds it yeah it builds it up so you have an idea of um exactly how yeah how many flights that tv fell down exactly yeah and obviously the pressure of it when it's gonna fucking hit and she manages to move out the way and it's really well shot like well well, and the emotional moment of how they set up like you want that moment of your mom to see your baby for the first time to be a happy, pleasant moment. Add to the fact that this fight breaks out on Christmas day and they like all of that, the TV falling, the blood on Monique's forehead, the um, precious falling with the fucking baby. Everyone's emotional at this point. And to find out it's all happening on Christmas, the setup and the payoff is so real on that scene. It's emotionally overwhelming. I'll say this now. Like, I feel like the editing throughout the whole movie, there's something a little bit sketchy here and there about the editing. Like, it's very similarly edited to the way Glitter's edited. Like, it's trying to be, like, raw and everything and, like, quite edgy and stuff. But it does seem... I'm tiptoeing around the word amateurish. It does seem a little bit amateurish. But this particular part is edited so well. I think it this is. film is edited way better than Glitter. Did you think? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Ten 100. Times. Yeah, this film shits on Glitter, Garrett, so I don't know what you're talking no, about. No, as a movie, fine. But, like, the ed- if you just focus on just the editing. This yeah, the editing is way better than Glitter. Yeah, there's, there's some scenes in Glitter that I'm like, oh, absolutely not. I'm going to watch Glitter tonight now just to, like... Compare. <laughs> yeah, like, there's so many, like, weird things in Glitter. There's no imagery that really, like, sets a tone for me in Glitter at all. Yeah, but there's not really... And we'll do that another time, but there's not really a scene in Glitter that's as powerful as the scenes in this as well. Like, this, in a way... Precious... Not whatsoever. Even even the, like, Mariah's in two scenes, that one scene that we're going to get to, that one scene is way more impactful, and she's got such fewer lines than any scene in Glitter, so it's it's completely different. Mm. Yeah. I, there's so much more powerful scenes in this than in one scene in Glitter. I think that goes without saying anywhere. All right, well, this leads to her leaving the apartment building and breaking into each one, teach one with her baby, and spending the night where she is discovered in the morning by Miss Rain and her assistant after breaking into the school. 
I don't remember too much about this part, apart from the fact that she goes and stays with Blue Rain and her lesbian partner. Oh, yeah, yeah she learns they're lesbians. Yeah. <laughs> but this is the and part where Blue Rain is more effective in the movie and more mm. a part of the movie because she takes this time and really is very selfless in trying to find Precious a place to go and not be homeless. So she lets Precious come stay with her and her partner and then eventually gets her into a halfway house. I've not really seen Paula Patton in anything. And I know she's had like some kind of like massive glow up as in real life over the last five years or more. But like, I've not really seen it in anything other than this movie, but I thought she was a really good actress. And I feel like she was like the ray of sunshine in the, throughout this whole movie. And wait, you don't see any scenes of her at the halfway house though, do we? Yeah, we do. Cause that's where her mom comes and talks to her is at the halfway house with Miss Weiss. No, no, no not the, Ms. it's kind of like a prison visiting room, isn't it? Yeah. But except it's not, but it's very similar. And they're in this room together. And I think she's asking her to come home or something. And she denies it. She's like, no, I can't remember the exact yeah. lines, but. Okay. At this part in the movie, they keep showing precious bettering herself, winning awards, things of that nature. And then it comes to a point in the movie, which is the most jarring part of the movie to me. And there's a lot of visual significance in this part. Monique comes and shows up unannounced to have a talk with Precious. And Monique says to Precious, your daddy's dead. And Precious says, is that all you, is that all you came here to tell me? Oh, and he has the AIDS virus. Yes. And she says he died of, he died of the AIDS. And it's a very like jarring point in the movie when Precious is like, did you go see a doctor? And she said, no, I don't have it. And she said, how do you know you don't have it? And she said, because we didn't do it in the ass. We never did it up the butt. Yeah. 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 And she said, Mama, you need to go see a doctor. And then it cuts to the scene where Precious is at the doctor and there's no like confirm that she has AIDS, but the nurse looks at her in a way that it tells you that she has AIDS. No, they so do confirm this, it. They do she, confirm. They do confirm it right after it. They, there's no like yeah. vocal, like you have AIDS. She just looks at her in a way like, I'm sorry, I have to tell you this. And then later she says it at uh, school or something? At her school, yeah. Um, but there's a really big visual part that I brought up earlier in this movie about her blackouts and her fantasy world. So at the, the point when she finds out that she has AIDS is when she blacks out again and goes into that fantasy world. And then the guy that is in all the the blackout montages, the like love interests and her fantasies shows up on a motorcycle. He She looks at him in a sad way as to say to him without speaking, this isn't going to be my future anymore. And he drives off and then like the fantasy fades and you never see anything from her fantasy anymore. So that's why I think that her little fantasy moments when really bad things happened was her really imagining her future. But when she, when she found out that she had AIDS, that all faded. There were things in this that I, that I knew that I had not noticed before. Like I mentioned earlier, how her mom was like, come take care of mommy precious. Like I did not know. That's crazy I, to me that you never caught that. Yeah. I think it took me a while to catch that as well. I think it was only like revisited because I've not watched it for years and revisiting it 
when we decided we were going to do this episode, I was just like, hang on a second, I don't know. There was quite a few things where I was sort of like caught on a little bit more like, oh, okay. And I didn't catch on a too much to it back then, like when it, around the time when it first came out. So, which is when I got the DVD. And I don't think, I know what you're saying about the, like the, the dreaming parts, you know. I feel that like, they're kind of overshadowed by the darkness of the film because the dark scenes of the film are so powerful that you kind of do sort of like use those like happy moments as a bit of a break from the movie in between. So you kind of, you don't forget about them, but they are quite easy to not remember as much as the darker parts of the movie. It took me until what, yeah, it does. Because it took me until this time watching it to notice that it fades away. The fantasy world or her dreamlike world, her escape world Mm -hmm. fades away when she finds out she has AIDS. You have to go back and watch it. It's very, it took, I've watched Precious about five or six times and it took me until that time. I noticed something else in this movie that I never noticed either, but I'll get to that at the end. Because back then, like, if you had HIV or AIDS, you just had AIDS and that was the thing because there was no cure for it. Like, if you had HIV, it was pretty much like a countdown to, you know, enjoy your life while you can because it's going to get bad. And it's sad to think because in our in our reality now, even when the movie came out, like things were getting better for people that had HIV or were contracting HIV. Like there was still a future in sight for people. And when you when you look back from that time, and even especially now, because it's only getting better for people, you don't realize, or it's 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 um, rapidly getting easy to forget how bad people had it from when the disease was first recognized all the way even through the 90s like how bad that this disease got people like so this is 1987 so for a mother with two children to find out she's got hiv or aids this was a death sentence already yeah that's so crazy that's crazy now they're curing people of aids now exactly i mean of aids no not of aids hiv 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 yeah it's so much better now and that's what i mean like it's so easy to forget these days about how it was back then i don't know if you guys have ever seen it's a sin no no that is it's um an english show i think it was shown like worldwide but that's powerful. That was set in like the 80s and 90s and the lead character is like so um, energetic, so contagious and so like lively and stuff. And you really, it's the guy from years and years, his name's Ollie. And he's so like, you invest in him as a character and you're just like, oh, this, this is a great lead character, whatever. And you really follow him. And then eventually he's he becomes so free and then he finds out he's got um, AIDS and he, I don't want to ruin it for anyone who's not seen it, who is planning on watching it. But yeah, the inevitable happens for that time. It's the way that they capture that is so sad. Like, even though you know it's coming, it fucking hits. And we don't actually see that in this movie. So you kind of have to use your knowledge of the disease to assume that's going to happen. And in a way that kind of does set you up for a happy ending, even though there isn't going to be a happy ending a few years down the line. It was and the most jarring part of the movie for me. It's- and, and especially like none of it's her fault at all. Like it's so sad. And that's, that's part of the thing. Like those last few moments you see as her walking with her kids and whatnot, you know, it's a happy ending because she's free but you know it's still going to be a sad ending because of the reality of the situation. 
Yeah, because they keep building up the movie and character development for Precious that she's going to make it and things are going to be good. But then you get to this part of the movie and it kind of just like, it's, it's really unsettling. Yeah, a false illusion of happiness. And, but you, you, you're aware of it. it. It's, in a way, I know sometimes happy, happy endings can be quite cheesy. And in a way, like for a movie like this to have a happy ending, it would still seem a little bit cheesy, but like it kind of does have it of its sorts. But I think a movie like this, you kind of, you're, you're rooting for this girl, the whole movie. And you the, the help that she does get, the assistance she does get and how she fights back, you think, yeah, good for you. And you do really, really hope it's going to turn and it, it like into a happy ending. And it turns for the worse, even though she gets a happy ending. So we get to the part of the movie where Precious has to come with acceptance of her diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And it goes to a scene in the school where she's writing in her her journal why me and it gets to a point where her teacher miss rain encourages her to keep pushing on but this is really kind of the end of the movie because it pushes towards we're at the part where mariah is prevalent in the movie to me that scene is the big moment of the movie like not the the whole aids part of the movie i don't think it's it's as much of a death sentence as you guys are saying because in it the was plot, yeah. but in the was, plot of the story but this is in 1987 when everybody was dying from aids like she died Gia. that's really sad I, that's why that that's it's the most jarring point of the movie because you have all this hope for her and then you find out she has aids so you're just like what was all of this for but the the shining light through the movie is no matter what happened to her, being raped, getting AIDS, being abused, she just kept pushing forward. That was the theme of the movie. Well, and she got away from her mom. Exactly. She got, yeah, she got away from her mom. She learned how to read. All right, so let's talk about to the, the part where... The um, best part of Mariah, the movie? When Mariah comes in to the movie. So this is like the second scene of the movie with Mariah because there's a really short one and we didn't really even talk about it, but there's a really short she scene gets in the her, beginning. Yeah, she gets her soda and Precious steals her file. Yes. So she tells Precious that her mom wants to have a meeting with her. And this is this is like jumped like six months in the future or something like that. And she's with Mariah and Mariah tells her, hey, your mom contacted us and she wants to have a meeting. And I said that I had to ask you first. Okay, so we kind of fast forward to the actual meeting. Um, Before the meeting starts, we see Precious give the scarf, the pretty scarf to the little black girl who she kind of has been bullying the whole time. And she chooses to be nice to her that final time. Because this time, I think her mom was being mean to her. Um, so we get into the meeting. Before you go on, do you, do you, did you notice that that red scarf was throughout the whole entire movie? Mm. <laughs> See, there's lots of things in this movie that people don't really get the first time. The red scarf is supposed to symbolize hope in the movie and you can see it throughout the movie four or five times so when she comes to the conclusion with the little girl that she's been bullying she sees that that little girl is in the same situation that she was in so she takes that scarf and she ties it around her neck so that gives the girl hope 
But there was a really confusing scene where after she gives her the scarf, she looks into the mirror and the girl has disappeared. So was that girl a figment of her imagination as well? Oh my God, stop. Get out of here. Or the girl could have died later on and she disappeared. We're not, everybody is not dying. You guys are doing way too much right now. I know, but I wanted to get your opinion because I (coughs) get confused at that part in the movie because the girl disappears after she gives her the scarf, but the scarf is supposed to represent hope. Does she really disappear? Yeah, when she she turns around, looks in the mirror, and the girl is gone. Yeah. It's a a big part of the movie. Gia, you missed a lot. You guys, I was excited for Miss Weiss. I missed Weiss. a lot, though. I, okay, I was excited for Miss Weiss. Oh, always. But, like, I, I, and I, I will get to it, but I, we can break down, like, Mariah's full thing after I didn't this, know but... she disappeared. I thought she just, like, walked away or something. Like... No, it's kind of, it is kind of like an imagination kind of thing, but then at the same time, it's kind of like, you know, when they show, like, I don't know, in movies and whatnot, and the person just fades away as if, like, and later on they die. It's kind of like that, so it could be taken either way. It may just be up for interpretation. I've never read the book and I tried to research it on the internet because it confused me and I could not find, I found a few things saying, was that girl a figment of her imagination as well? I just didn't know. And I'm still confused right now to why that girl disappeared. I wish I could have more information on it. But they've probably done it that way to to not create too much of a narrative about the girl, but in order to sort of like create it, like you said, for your interpretation, to compare against Precious's story, because there's probably so many people that live this kind of life that, you know, do they always make it out? Do they stay the same or do they not survive? You know, I think I think it's really powerful. I wish I just understood it more. Yeah, it'd be nice to have a bit of a like, Forgive me for using this word, but closure to it, a bit of confirmation to it. Well, this leads us to the meeting with Monique, Precious, and Miss Weiss, Mariah Carey. Okay, so this is obviously the best part and the best acting of the entire movie. Oh my God. Everybody, everybody. I can't even remember how it starts. She says, I want to talk to you about the abuse. And she says, there were no drugs in my house. But no yeah. precious knew there were. I never let her do no drugs in my house. And then she's like, you know what I'm talking about. And then the mother is like, I want precious to come home. And then Miss Weiss is like, I want to talk about the abuse. And I don't know. I feel like there's so much that goes down in this one scene because there's like, she, she calls her, a Scorpio child, and I'm not saying that they lie, but they can be tr- they can be tricky. <laughs> and then she's just and Mariah the looks over at Precious and gives her like this, like, "Is your mom fucked up?" kind of look. she's she's fighting her battles on her behalf it's kind of like everything that precious could or wants to say maybe but can't because she probably doesn't know how to because she's used to it becoming a conflict or a fight or a duel in a way so in her professional way she's confronting the mom and then the mom is reacting in a blameful way again but as the victim of it blaming the daughter for taking away the man so to speak no but this is i feel like you guys are going to into it too quick because this is this is really the moment when she vocalizes that she was so abusive towards her because her man was abusing her daughter and she really did look at it as 
she took him away. And the, oh my gosh. And throughout the whole conversation, you see Miss Weiss, Miss Weiss's reactions. And she just like, oh my God, this is a mess. Like, and she goes into how the abuse started. Like when yeah, she, she reveals was, how the abuse started about how Precious oh was raped as a baby. Yeah. And that, that was a revelation for Precious as well. And then from that second in the movie, you can tell that Precious looks at her mom in a like, this is never going to be repaired kind of way. She even says at the end, you know, I never knew what she was until this day. You aren't going to see me anymore. And then she turns over to Miss Weiss and she's like, you can't handle any of this. And then she walks away with her she kids. Gets- yeah, both her kids, and she walks away. During all of that, Mariah's like, but you allowed him to hurt her. And that's, like, the best you acting Mariah's ever given. She, wait, what did she say? She said... Go get my baby. So, she said, so whose fault was it then? And then you know every fucking thing, and he got you degree. <laughs> no, that's Monique who says that. No, I know. <laughs> no, Mariah says, so whose fault was it then? And then Monique is like, her, because she took him away or something like that. And then her eyes get all big, like, what are you talking about? And then, um, oh, yeah, so you shut up and you let him abuse your daughter. And then she's like, no, I didn't, but you allowed him to hurt her. That's the line. Yeah, you shut up and you let him abuse your daughter. And then Monique says, go get my baby. That's your job. You can fix this. Go get her. That's what you do. This is what you do. do. And then Mariah gets up. And she looks who, kind of like um like she's laughing almost. Yeah, and that ugly outfit, that black and white ugly outfit. With Mariah looked busted, but that was what they were going for. They were trying to make Mariah look busted. They didn't even put any uh, makeup on Mariah. You mean so, the, one, the one that you're wearing right now, Nick, in your picture? Yes, that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, I think it's the first one. Is that the one? I think that's oh the my one. God. She no, that's the one from the end of the movie, I think. Yeah, that's the end of the movie. Be- yeah, <laughs> yeah, because she's sitting but, with Precious. It's the there. best scene of the movie because I feel like what they're trying to do is um, they're trying to humanize Monique's character and show where she was coming from. And and to me, that's why she got the Oscar for the role because she's like, I'm an abusive person, but who was going to love me? Who was going to make me feel good? And then, obviously, Mariah's acting showed through. And then Gabrielle Sidibe is, like, the third party, like, the victim. So, like, I feel like it was the the climax of the tension. The tension hit the climax at this scene. And then she leaves Mariah, and, then, like, the, the movie's over. Doesn't Mariah get up and then Monique grabs Mariah and then Mariah pulls her arm she away? She pulls her yes. arms away and she's like, no, I, like, cannot even. Yeah. And just walks away. Mariah walks off into the sunset to get a soda. To get a soda, yeah. (laughs) She walks back to the ocean. (laughs) (laughs) She walks back to the ocean. She's like, I gotta get ready for Christmas. I gotta get ready for Christmas. (laughs) She's like, "Ah, I gotta get ready. (laughs) But you know, I later found out that this movie was done before equals MC squared. Like this was done 2007, like recorded. And what? Yeah, this movie was re- like filmed in 2007. It had a $10 million budget and it made $63 million. And I, I yeah, like that, this is insane considering it's not as 
hyped about as much as what it could have been. It was pretty, it was hyped pretty big. Gareth, it was hyped, honey. It was hyped. But I mean, like, it's not in comparison to You're always saying, I feel like you're saying that in regards to Mariah. The movie was big. It, but it could have been bigger. If you think about the budget it took, the people that were in it, it wasn't... Ooh, this was an been. Oscars darling. This was huge. Yeah, but in terms... Do, do people still remember this movie? I don't think so. I, I think do. do. This was we, one we of the do. first movies... This was one of the first movies I ever bought on iTunes. Like I this reference is... this movie all the time. When I'm hungry, I say, Precious, I'm hungry. <laughs> take and your, people take get your the ass reference. down to the welfare. To the welfare. And people get the reference when I say that. They just... They laugh. And, and I don't know. I... In America, it was really big. I don't know how it was over there, but here yes. it was a pretty big deal. Okay, this was well, a huge deal. I'm talking about like from mine point of view. I don't think it just wasn't that big over here. It wasn't that talked about. Like I said earlier on in the episode, I, I, I didn't see it in cinemas anywhere. I mean, it might have been. It just wasn't hyped about as much. I feel like from a UK point of view, it was Mariah doing all the talking about this movie because she had an album out around the same time. And then it sort of followed on from that. And it, it, it just never really took off. Oh, no. See, I got a completely different understanding of it. To me, this was like a huge, a huge, like, comeback off of, like, her performance in Glitter slash the Monique's role was very, very talked about. Gabrielle Sidibe was super popular in this movie. And I remember when Mariah got fucking drunk um, at the... Uh, the acceptance speech moment that was yeah, huge I too. That. Yeah, there was a lot of there was a was lot of huge. drama behind this movie too with uh, Monique and Lee Daniels because Lee Daniels wanted to, wanted Monique to promote the movie. I can't remember on which outlet, but she refused to do it for some reason or another. And no, after she got after she got her Oscar for this movie, she got blackballed from the industry. But because she wouldn't promote this movie for some reason or another, she didn't promote the movie. But didn't and she that have really... like a falling out with Lee Daniels or something? Yeah, something... she did have a falling. Out. But they just recently reconnected again. I think. But I'm and not Oprah, so sure. thing with her and Oprah too. Yeah, or yeah, because she wouldn't come on the Oprah show or something like that. I can't remember. All I know is after this movie, after she won the award, she got blackballed the house out of the industry. And there was, it was a huge thing. Well, yeah, it, it, it's like you said earlier, it was a really big, or what Gia said earlier, it was a really big step up for what she did in Glitter. And it kind of gave her a lot more relevance in the movie industry. Not that it was a ton, but she got more well-respected from doing this movie. And Mariah's done a lot of other movies with Lee Daniels as well, like Tennessee and The Bachelor. You mean so The Butler? Yeah, The Butler, not The Bachelor. I'm sorry. Yeah, The Butler. And she wants Lee Daniels to turn the book into a movie. Isn't Lee Daniels, he might do the um, biopic, right? Mariah wants him to do the biopic. She keeps bringing that up. Yeah, so this would probably be like the birthplace of that. So if we get a biopic, it's because of Precious. And Tennessee. <laughs> and, and Tennessee. The and The Butler. Yeah. But Precious. Precious Maybe. is the best one out yeah, of all those, in my opinion. The Butler yeah, really wasn't neither here nor there, really. I'm yeah. ready for another Mariah Carey movie moment. Like, I want I'd be another, down. I'm ready for her redemption in a starring role. 
a starring role. It's been a while. Well, I mean, we got the magical Christmas special. That was a starring role. <laughs> we got the, the magic the, continues. I liked, that. I liked the acting in that. Yeah, that Bitch, was I'm talking about a movie. Yeah. I don't know, Nick. I feel like I'd be a little scared for that. I feel like we'd get acting from the magical Christmas special. So I'm I'm I'll take something campy and magical. Yeah, it was quite cute. It wasn't trying too hard and it was what it was. I don't think we need anything else from her. I I, I don't know, off the top of my head, I can't think of anything that she could play. Because the, the, the magic with this is the fact that it did take us away from Mariah Carey. And I think that a lot of things, even The Bachelor, obviously Glitter, of course, Tennessee, like I, this is like I said at the beginning of the movie, these particular roles felt very much like different sort of like shades of Mariah Carey's character, like not too far from what she is portrayed as. Whereas Precious was a complete shift and it was a good way for her to earn her acting chops as a serious actress like in a role where we weren't going to recognize her a role we weren't going to expect and something that wasn't going to be but a reflection also, of mariah carey also how off was it like it's serving new yorker and she's a uh, new yorker so there's that and, and there's a and couple of isms in there what we see yeah don't forget about um wise girls rachel <gasps> oh i forgot about wise girls how did we forget about wise girls <laughs> i love wise girls oh my god yeah that's definitely especially that's like proper charm bracelet era Mariah Carey, even though she wasn't like that, but it's very much how she was, like her image and everything at the time. This was a complete se separation from that. It's her best film role, in my opinion. It's her best acting role. It is. Day. And it's the, the least amount of scenes, like besides like The Bachelor or whatever, but it speaks the most and it's the the heaviest. And I love it and I can appreciate it. And I loved this movie before I was a lamb, so. But she really is going to die. Yes. Of course. Yes, but that's not the end of the movie. But that's, I mean, that's it's, how it's, it's going to that there's, there's, a lot of part, there's a lot of parts in this movie where they don't say things, they're just implied. Mm. That's so sad. And obviously then she's got two kids that we don't know what's going to happen to. They probably went back to the mom. We don't know. Yeah, what's going to happen? Maybe that's in the book, because sometimes when movies get released... You should, really... Yeah, you guys should tell me what happens and read the book, because I... You're not going to read the book. Why do you read the book? Read the because... book for you, Gia? You want to read the book tell me how it goes. <laughs> that is a very Gia thing to say. Y'all go read the book and let me know what happens. You've read Mariah's book in like two days. You can read the book and tell us. <laughs> <laughs> but I just I feel bad I didn't know okay like I didn't realize that like she's gonna die like <laughs> it's not like I've just killed Christmas for everybody like <laughs> stated the I mean her mom kind of killed Christmas for everybody well, but, yeah. but at the end of the movie she left and was away from her mom and she had her two kids and she was happy that's that's the happy ending but then there is that underlying reality of it it's sad because that's why i mentioned it's a sin because in it's a sin it shows different stories of people dying and some die quicker than others based on how they live their lives because it's your immune system so if people are taking care of themselves they lasted a little bit longer but they still died right i guess we can wrap it up then
Okay, that was our precious review. Don't forget, if you enjoyed this, to go rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, and TikTok at The Obsessed Podcast. Don't forget to drop us a five-star review as well if you enjoyed all of our episodes, which you can find on all streaming platforms. We'll be back next Thursday with the next installment of The Obsessed Podcast. Bye. 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 Bye.